0: Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host Paige and you are listening to episode number 42 today. I am so excited to be hanging out with you guys again for a great conversation. I am so excited for you to listen to my talk with Amanda. She is a wife and a mother living in Charleston, South Carolina. And today we kind of just walk through her story. She has two boys under the age of two And they also just did some cross-country moves like in the midst of COVID and having her boys and so we just really talked through what that looked like for her to trust her husband as he was um, leading the family and making some of those decisions and also towards the end we talk about minimalism and um, consumerism especially in motherhood and as we have um, all these new things that come with becoming moms, right? Like baby gear and breastfeeding friendly clothes. And it's just honestly a great conversation. Amanda has really inspired and encouraged me to like not be such an emotional shopper. So we go way more in depth in that towards the end of our talk. I also want to touch base for a second and share with you guys about The Cottage Club, which is the easiest and most fun way, in my opinion, to help support the show and keep the show running because it does take time and energy and resources for the show to happen. And so... That is a fun way to give monthly and also there are some perks. So when you sign up to join the Cottage Club through our Patreon, um, you can pledge to give $5, 10 or $20 a month and that gives you access to monthly Ask Me Anythings, a cute little zipper pouch that I will sew and send your way. And also, if you give $20 a month, I will personally call you on the phone, get to listen to some of your story, and yeah, become real life friends. So, if you are interested in joining the Cottage Club, then you can check out the link in our description or on our Instagram. There's also a highlight and a link in our bio there as well to join. Okay, I think that is everything. I'm so excited for us to jump in to today's episode. Let's dive on in. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's so fun to talk with you like in real life. I know. Hi, Paige. Hello, world. (laughs) I don't even know. This is always a test for me. I don't even know how I found your Instagram page. Do you remember?
1: I think I found you. Okay. When I was in like the midst of – motherhood and feeling alone and I think I found your podcast somehow yeah and it's so funny how I feel like I don't know
0: afterwards like whenever we started messaging and stuff I'm like how have I not I don't know well I guess is your
1: account private I go back and
0: forth (laughs) okay so maybe that's some of it too because sometimes whenever I like make friends with people I'm like how have I not like found their account before but right maybe that's part of it I'm so excited to talk today about motherhood and marriage and so many things because you have two – is Rudy still not two yet or are they under
1: two? He is 21 months.
0: Okay. We're in the two under two gang club. (laughs) And so there's obviously so much that we could talk about within that. But also just like moving and marriage and ministry, I'm just so excited to like – hear more about all of your experiences today and share that with our listeners. But to start off, could you give us an overview of
1: who you are, who your family is, what you do, and where you live? Okay, sure. So my name is Amanda. Um, I am married to Matt, and we have two sons. We have Rudy and Ellis. Um, What do I do? I am just a mom. I mean, not just a mom, but I am a homemaker. I am an Enneagram 4. I'm a creative, you know, the things and where do we live? We just moved to Charleston a few months ago. Um, and we love it here. We are right by the beach.
0: Amazing.
1: I have never been to Charleston, but I have been hearing more and
0: more just about like how incredible it is and like really yeah. beautiful. I feel like yeah. everyone I see who like goes or who lives there just has like the most beautiful photos. And is it really like that way in real life? Like what's it's it been like very living there?
1: Okay like the notebook was filmed here so it's got these like big like historic houses like the really mossy oak trees and then you've got the beach um and we're big foodies and charleston has like so much good food Mm. so my favorite
0: part yeah yeah okay well we're definitely gonna dive in in a little bit to like the moving situation and just settling. Um, it's so funny. We talked on the phone a couple weeks ago and that was so fun and so random because I remember I like think my mom was watching Flora for me and I like had an errand to run to the post office and I had never been to the post office, I don't think since we moved in like um, our city. And so I I, with my light phone, it's just kind of interesting. Like it has directions, but if I'm on a phone call, then sometimes it doesn't always work. But I knew generally where it was. So I just like having my memory, us talking and me like driving around in circles, just like searching for the post office, which is so funny. Um, But that was just so- Well, you didn't sound distracted at all. (laughs) I am glad because I like, maybe that's part of it. I like wasn't distracted. I was like present with you and just kind of like driving around, which is fun. Yeah. Um, But it was so cool to hear more of your journey, like I said, that we're going to talk about today. So- before we talk about kind of moves and, like, all these job things that you guys have walked through, I would just love to dive into, like, motherhood. Okay, so you guys got married
1: when? We were married in 2018. Okay. And then we got pregnant in 2019. Um, and we had Rudy in COVID. He was a 2020 baby. Yes. And then we had Ellis in 2022. So I have been pregnant every year since 2019 i'm sure you are familiar i think that's
0: like exactly the same yeah uh married in 2018 pregnant in 2019 Flora in 2020 juliet in 2021 so yes
1: we got her in there yes (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) i know there was like a small part of me maybe it's just like i don't know yeah, a small part of me that was like, I'm not having a baby this calendar year. That's so sad, but also understandable.
1: I know. Sometimes I'm like, Am I ready for another one? And I'm like, No. You're yeah, how insane. old is Alice? <laughs> Alice is three months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to like talk to friends though who, yeah, like love children. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people know part of my story is like I actually didn't have that experience with Flora initially even though we got pregnant so soon after. And not – that sounds bad. It's not that I didn't have that experience with Flora. I didn't have that experience with like motherhood um, where I just like loved it immediately. But I – it is fun to talk with friends who like want larger families and just do love babies because I feel like some people think I'm a little crazy when I'm like, yeah, we want like, you know – 468 right. I don't Seven. know. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so what was it like for y'all? Did you decide I guess to have Rudy? Did you was that like unexpected? What was the journey like getting pregnant like a year so, or so into marriage?
1: Yeah, so I guess um I started looking into like children and families um right before we got married because It was that time where, you know, I had saved myself for marriage. So you got to decide like, what birth control are you doing? Like, what are you going to do? And so I started researching everything and I found um, the fertility awareness method, which is what we ended up doing, which is pretty much like you're like tracking your basal body temperature when you wake up and like keeping track of your ovulation and everything. And so we did that for the first year. And I mean, it worked because we got pregnant the first month that we were like, okay, let's try um, and then we get 30. so getting pregnant, like we're blessed because I know it's hard for so many people, and it just worked out really well for us. Um, but when I was researching that method, it kind of like led me down a rabbit hole of like, what is birth control as like a christian woman like what does that look like what does god want me to do with a family and we just kind of came to the conclusion that we want a big family that like god you know brought us together specifically to just have kids and so we knew that we wanted kids and a lot of them and i was like okay well you know i'm not that young <laughs> i was like maybe we should just start a little bit sooner and how old are um- you I am going to be 28 this year. Okay, cool. In like two months. Wow. Which feels – I'm excited to be 30, but it feels like sad a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But when we were going to have Rudy, we were kind of going back and forth with like, do we start – because everyone kind of says, you know, wait two years. Like really enjoy your like spouse. And um, we had a quick engagement too. We were only engaged for three months. Okay. So – Everyone was like, you guys, you got to enjoy this because you just are like rushing into things. And so we were praying about it. And I met this woman at church who she had three kids and her husband was in Juilliard full time. I think he was like a piano player or something. And so he didn't really have like a full time job. And she had three kids if she was a stay at home mom. And I was just like picking her brain. Like, how do you do this? Like, how are you not stressed? She was like the most peaceful woman. Like her kids were so peaceful. Like she just. Yeah, she was amazing. And um, one day, it was her seven-year anniversary, her and her husband, and we always ask people who have been married longer than us, like, what's your number one tip? And she told us, my number one tip is that kids don't stop your life. And she had no idea that we were, like, literally that week praying about, like, should we have a kid or not? And so when she said that, me and Matt were like, oh, my gosh, kids don't stop our lives. Like, this is our sign. We're just going to do it. Literally got pregnant, like, that month. (laughs) Wow. Um and- <laughs> so
0: wild. I feel like it's amazing how God uses other families and other mothers to encourage us. Um if we're like kind of kind of trying to make that decision. I remember we had a similar story where we were um staying with a family in Hungary after I'd finished my semester abroad, and it was like kind of this crazy thing where like I posted on Facebook, like, does anyone know anyone in Europe that we can stay with? Um, And that's kind of how we decided, like, where to travel because a friend of mine knew this family in Hungary from studying abroad. Anywho, so we're with them. So random. And, like, they're the most incredible family. Like, they invite us into our home. We go to their lake house for a week. And it's, like, picturesque wine country. They, like, pay for us to do all these things and just feed us and like most of them don't speak English but we have so much fun together we're like that with their like family on Easter and it was just so amazing and just had something similar I guess part of it was something we observed but part of it was our conversations with them about like family and children and them just like encouraging us that um, children are such a rich blessing and exactly what you said like they don't stop your life. That's so good. So you guys decide to get like or to try, I guess, um, and you get pregnant immediately. What's like your friend situation look like at this point? Like do you guys have friends who have kids or are you kind of like pioneering the way,
1: I guess? Yeah, we were for sure pioneering. Um, I mean, we're from like northern Jersey. That's where we were when we got pregnant. And I feel like the culture there is very different than like Charleston or the Midwest or really anywhere. It's very like hustle, career first. I'm going to go to grad school and then I'm going to think about marriage and family. So a lot of our friends like weren't even married. Um And we were like, yeah, we're going to have eight kids and live on a farm. <laughs> um, it wasn't, yeah, it was hard. A lot of my mom friends were a lot older. Um, so yeah, so I think having that one particular mom kind of speaking that to me was probably like the first time I had heard that because a lot of women and moms were like, you want to wait, you want to get everything done, like, you know, kids are so hard and there's such yeah. – I feel like a lot of people really think that kids are a burden and so it can just be discouraging if you're like thinking about having a kid. But um, she – they just lived this amazing life and it was really encouraging to me like, oh, My kids are actually going to enhance my life. It's actually going to get better when I have them. And 100% is true.
0: Totally. Totally. That's so good. I feel like, yeah, we've been thinking along those lines as we're in the midst. I'm sure you can relate of like job transitions and moving. Like what are we doing? Like what are we doing with our lives? And we definitely got similar advice about waiting until, you know, John was done with grad school or until you have things quote unquote figured out. And I think what we've been noticing, and I know everyone wouldn't say this is what they were trying to communicate, but it almost feels like wait until you have everything in control, right? Like that's when it's the best opportunity to like bring a child into the world. And I think we've been trying to lean into the idea that like our kids are part of our family and can like learn as we're learning. Like it's such a great opportunity Um, for us to like fully rely on the Lord, like whether that's in our parenting or financially or just as we're like praying for discernment and making decisions, I think it's so cool to like have our kids, um, observe that and then even observe like God providing for us, um, rather than I don't know, I feel like. My tendency is to like work things out so I can feel in control. So I like don't need to rely on the Lord, you know? Yeah.
1: I had another, um, just all the mom wisdom. I had someone else tell me um, because we were a little bit worried. Matt was working part-time when we got pregnant. And I think like the week that we found out, he got a job promotion and got like everything that we had needed. Um, Wow. And I had a friend tell me, you know, there's that really popular verse that says that, um, that kids are like an arrow in the hands of a warrior and blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, you know? So the quiver is like what holds the arrows. And she told us, um, God isn't going to give you a quiver until you have arrows to put in it. Cause otherwise you're just going to be walking around with an empty quiver. And so that was like her telling us, you know, God's not going to give you a house or a job with like, you know, all this amount of money or like five bedroom house when you are still single like it doesn't make sense and god's just going to give you the grace that you need for every single day and the bread for
0: today for
1: yeah the bread for today exactly um it's been so true for us so you're never going to be ready you know we were just joking in the car cuz we were like how when did we know that we were ready for um, the second baby as they're both screaming in their car seats and like we can't even think and we just started laughing. So it's like, oh, well, not ready <laughs> and he's already here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Okay, that was my next question was like, okay, so God is making it very clear through these women who are encouraging you and um, as you guys are praying, I'm sure, and then you get pregnant with Rudy that like this is where he's leading you. So, how old was Rudy when you get pregnant with Ellis? Rudy was nine months. Okay, and was so, that again
1: like planned surprise? Again, it was our first try. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, just just made for making babies, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just been—I mean, it's such a blessing. But yeah, I don't know. I like look back at it now, and I'm like, how did I know that I was ready? But I guess I was because, I mean, we tried. Yeah. So I don't even remember, like, because at that point, we were already in California. Um. So we were originally in Jersey. And then Matt got a job post-COVID. We were both on, like, unemployment during COVID. And because everything was shut down pretty hard in Jersey. Yeah. And so we were like, well, what are we going to do, you know? And it was a great transition for me because I got to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, not by choice, just because I was on unemployment. Yeah. What were you doing beforehand? So I was, um, like, a project coordinator at an IT company, and then I went on unemployment. And I thought that I needed a career, and so I got a social media marketing career, which was a dream. And I was in it for one month. And I was like, no, I am I need to just be at home with my babies. So yeah. I left that job. Um, and then literally when I was leaving the job, Matt got the job in California. Okay. We moved out to Northern California and I- And this is
0: like in the thick of COVID, right? Like what, is this like uh, fall of 2020?
1: um, Yeah. Fall of 2020. Okay. No, or early 2021. I'm not sure. Okay. Either end of 2020 or beginning of 2021, we moved out there and we- Only have family in Jersey. So I was like completely isolated. Rudy was six months. So it must have been 2021 already. Um, yeah, he was six months. I was a first time mom, no idea what I was doing, what was going on. Um, I didn't have a car because Matt, we only had one car and he was working like 10 hour days, six days a week. So I was just home with the baby and like, At first, when we got there, it was nice because it was, like, not that hot. But then when summer hit Northern California, you just can't even go outside. Like, it was so hot. And then there was, like, all the fires. So it just, like, wasn't even good to be outside because the air quality was horrible. Yeah. Um, And we, like, had to walk everywhere. It was just – it was a season. but Literally, like,
0: grocery shopping. You had to, like, walk to do –
1: So Matt had one day off, and I would grocery shop on that one day off. So if I, like, missed anything, I just, like, didn't have it for the week. And I door dashed a lot because it's just hard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, like, all my friends were virtual. And then that's how I found this podcast, actually, because I was just – it was really um, encouraging to me. I think one of the first episodes you did, it was a girl who – I think she moved to Kansas City. I don't even remember Sarah. That yep. Yeah. And I remember her talking about how, like, God provided, like, the friendships for her. And I would just pray all the time, like, God, please, like, provide friendships here. But it was just so hard to meet people. Yeah. Especially in the middle of COVID. I mean, like, everyone was masked everywhere. So you just don't even know, like, if people are smiling or not. It was just, like – it was yeah. hard as a new mom. Yeah. But – I guess not that hard because we got pregnant again. (laughs) Um,
0: And were you guys still in California whenever you were pregnant with Ellis?
1: Yeah. Okay. I don't even remember um, how. Like it was all a blur because I was so sick and I was taking care of Rudy. Yeah. Um, I remember like I couldn't even make him food because I was just like so nauseous. So Mm. I would just order food and like – I was always like, no screen time until he's two. But then you get pregnant and you're like, I need a nap. You're in the But we moved out when I was 25 weeks. So I guess, how long? I, guess I was pregnant there for like four months. Yeah. And then we moved to South Carolina. Okay. Charleston.
0: Yeah. So let's go ahead and unpack like that decision too because you were there – Which is, by the way, like an actual like cross-country move, like coast to coast. I can't even imagine like logistically with a baby and then moving back. I know not back, but like to South Carolina, like back to the East Coast with another baby on the way, like cars. I mean, we just did this move last fall. And I'm like, it is so much to navigate how yeah. did you guys end up coming to that decision? Obviously, in on one hand, you're like holding that it is really hard to make friends and it just wasn't sustainable, it sounds like, with this California job. But then to make that move, that was
1: like less than a year later. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we were out there for like seven months. Wow. Okay. Um. I mean, we really believed that that job was from God and it really was like, I mean – 2021 was the year when a lot of people didn't have jobs, they weren't getting income. And on the other hand, Matt had this incredible job and we were just we were able to pay off all of our debt. We were able to just really set ourselves up yeah. um to like move and to do something like that. So I really think that was yeah, just a season of abundance from God and so we're so thankful that we were there even with like how hard it was for me. Like, I know that that was a reason. But um, for us, yeah, I mean, family is the most important thing. You know, that's our priority for both Matt and I. And so we got to a point where mentally I just wasn't okay. And even with just the idea of, like, having another baby and not having friends and not having, like, just where we were was very rural. Like, there wasn't really anything to do. And, yeah, it was just really mentally isolating and difficult for me. And so thankfully Matt saw that and he was just like, this isn't sustainable for my family. Um, we can't just be like chasing money or chasing a job. You know, we have to take care of our family. And so we started looking at places that we wanted to go to and we really felt like God was calling us to South Carolina. And I'm so thankful that we came here because even there weren't any churches, um, up by where we were at. So We, like, weren't getting fed at all. Um, So coming here, Charleston's actually called the Holy City because there are so many churches. (laughs) I had no (laughs) idea. That's so funny. Yeah. So we have been – it's just been, like, black and white, you know. And even just, like, the weather, you know, and the weather is nice. Like, everyone's mood is, like, at 100. So it has been so nice. And there is so much to do. So – it was pretty, it was an easy decision both yeah. times. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it was a hard transition. Um, but I know that God's brought us to each place at the right time. Uh, so, yeah. Looking back, I don't know how we did it because we did drive cross country with a six month old. Oh my gosh. It was an angel. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we made a few stops on the way back. Um, so,
0: just the grace of
1: God. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Isn't it amazing how we look back and we're like, that literally was the Holy Spirit because I have no idea how we made it, Yeah, how we made it through that season. So what was it like for you? I know we kind of talked about this on the phone a little bit, but just like trusting Matt to like provide and make these decisions. I mean, obviously you're part of these conversations, but like, was that harder for you kind of as he was talking about like both of the job transitions and moves or do you feel like God was gracious in like making
1: those easier for you to submit to I guess yeah so Matt is very cautious he is not a risk taker so when he told me about California and that he wanted to do that he had always lived in Jersey the first time he even moved out of his parents house was when he got married um, he's very much like like not predictable because that sounds mean but you know just like very by the book like he would never just like take a huge risk he would never be like spontaneous he's like calculated Um, he's very calculated yeah which is nice because I am not at all and so we are like a good balance yeah he he was like okay we're moving to middle of nowhere California for this job and I know it's our opportunity it just was like easy for me to trust him because he's just like always been trustworthy and he's never like he always thinks about me he's like the best husband the best dad Mm -hmm. like so i knew that he wasn't making like a selfish decision i knew that he was thinking about us especially i mean we had a six month old so it's usually not the time to be like taking risks and moving away from your family when they all live 10 minutes away yeah yeah Um, it was just easy to trust him and then i guess when we moved out of california That was like more him trusting me, I think, because we were leaving this like place of financial stability to really be somewhere that I would just be happier, which sounds kind of shallow. But, um, you know, it's important when you have a family and to just like be in a place that you're going to thrive. Yeah. Um, And so that really was us like trusting each other and trusting that God was also going to provide for us in charleston and that it wasn't like it's not a regional thing you know god's provision isn't Mm. it really is like no matter where you are wow so we really had to believe that you know his goodness and his mercy was going to follow us um no matter where we were and so yeah it's just i think i was just able to trust him because that's how our marriage has always been you know like we have a solid foundation yeah so i'm thankful for that
0: yeah that's so good because I feel like, yeah, it is this balance of like your emotional and spiritual and mental health. Like your health as the mom and the wife of the home will totally like set the tone for things. Oh, yeah. And I just love that he was able and willing to like see that and trust you in that. I feel like there's nothing harder than like John coming home. Or him being like 15 minutes late without a text if I like haven't done anything all day. Because I am like, it's funny, I'm introverted, but I like getting out at least once a day. Like maybe twice, depending on what it is, can be a lot. But like go to the zoo or go to the store or go on a walk. Like one bigish outing a day is really helpful or having a friend come over. Okay, so I know you said this kind of at the beginning, but whenever you were looking into like birth control and just a lot of these things, you really came to like develop this passion for motherhood and for family and like seeing God's heart in that. And so I just kind of love to know more about like your passion for women embracing their role and like really their ministry as moms. Like it sounds like you kind of had this idea like before you went into motherhood, do you feel like the process or the way you thought about like motherhood and the ministry that it is like changed after you had Rudy or just walk us through that whole like process
1: yeah I mean I think it's been a process and I think I'm still kind of figuring it out and learning um when we first got married I was very much like you know marriage is for kids like if you're married and you're not having kids like Sinner, You know, like I was very much like extreme. And I think now I'm being like, okay, that was very extreme. And that also is not probably how God works this thing. But I do think it came from a good place. You know, I feel like the world and our society and our time right now is just very much like selfish, which I think we are, you know, and when I got married, I was like, okay, I'm selfish. And then I had a kid, and I'm like, okay, I'm selfish. And then I had two. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> how am I still so selfish? How is there still sin in my heart at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think our culture kind of like wants you to embrace that and even with like, you know, like don't get married, don't die to self, like keep living life how you wanna live it. And you know, if you like don't want kids just because you don't want kids, then like, great, just live life for yourself and like keep prolonging that. And, you know, I looked at that and I was like, I don't think this is biblical just because that view tends to really push that children are burdens and that children are going to stop you from reaching your goals and that children are going to, they're just like not good. And, you know, children in the Bible are literally only described as blessings like every time the bible brings up children it's that they are a blessing and yeah there's a lot of blessings in the bible you know like financial and health and community like all these things are blessings and no one ever is like oh my gosh a job promotion no thanks you know like no one denies any of the other blessings but when it comes to kids they're like oh not right now can't do that and it's like why would you ever reject a blessing. And so that idea just like really captivated me. And, you know, I don't understand like, I mean, I do understand because it's hard (laughs) because you have to like, you have to really give and sacrifice when you have kids. But, you know, if the Bible calls them a reward and a blessing, then I'm just going to believe that that's true. And I'm not saying that every married couple needs to have kids forever and never get on birth control you know like that's not at all what I'm saying but for us like we just we just thought that that meant that we were going to be fruitful and that we were going to have a big family and um, you know that brings us a lot of joy and a lot of peace and we felt a lot of confirmation with that so obviously you know it's a relationship between you and God and a conviction with you and God but that was how it got started and when I had kids, I mean, I'm still there. It's still a process. I'm still trying to understand like what that means and how many, and, you know, it's just hard. (laughs) And so I get it, especially when they're little. Um, But I just really view motherhood as like my ministry. And, you know, I get to bring these kids into the world at this specific time. And, you know, obviously things are pretty heavy right now in the world. And, um, I used to work at a senior living center, like a, not a nursing home, like an assisted living home. And they would always say to me, like, I don't know how you're going to bring kids into this world. Like it just keeps getting darker. Like, you know, and that, like, I feel like a lot of people kind of have that view, But God's really given me like an optimistic view about kids. Like maybe they were born for such a time as this, you know, like maybe they are going to be lights in this world to their friends. And so to me, as a mom, especially as a mom of boys, like they're going to be men one day, they're going to get married one day, they're going to be fathers, like whatever, you know, all that comes with. And so I really want to raise like these brave boys who just love the Lord and, are going to be, you know, wild and fun and crazy and strong-willed and stubborn, but that they're going to be like world changers one day and difference makers. And as cheesy as that is, I just really feel like this is the call on, you know, mine and my husband's life right now is to just bring up these boys into this world um, and just be the peace and the light that it needs right now. Yeah. Wow. I got chills as you were like, sharing about that because
0: I think we have become so desensitized to the immense responsibility going even back to what you were saying about culture like prolong this responsibility and dying to self as much as you can and even I think um there are a lot of ways, even once you do have kids, to like pass off that responsibility to other people um, yeah. or to just not take it as seriously. And like as weighty as it is, it's also such a huge gift to be able to like mold these souls and these children into, like you said, like people who are going to have a huge impact, like for the kingdom of God, you know, whether the world is getting darker or whether it's always been this evil, you know, like, um, that's such a gift. And I didn't even think about like, yeah, you have two boys. And I think about my two girls all the time. And, um, even like gender specific things that they're going to walk through. What like, do you love, um, most about being a boy mom right now? And then what do you like, dream about or I guess pray
1: about most for like their future. Um so I've never had a girl. So I don't really know how different it is. But as far as boys, they are also do you love or hate the term boy mom? Because I feel like people are like
0: one way or the other.
1: (laughs) Well when I had one everyone was like you're a boy mom and I was like, well I only have one. So (laughs) so if I have another boy, I'll be a boy mom. (laughs) Um yeah. I don't know. I love the boys. Like they are just crazy. And I'm glad that I had a boy first. Um, I have a, a friend who she has three girls. She's a girl mom. And whenever my boys are there, like Rudy once just fell, like completely wiped down her stairs. And she freaked out she was like oh my gosh is he okay like he didn't even cry you know like he just got up and was like okay I'm going again you know and so I think he really prepared me and my heart for (laughs) my future kids because yeah they just they fall all the time they they're just intense you know and sometimes he like wants to wrestle and he like wants to punch he's very much like a boy's boy like he will just play with his hot wheels all day and he's like we just got him action figures for the first time he has a little batman and yeah i don't know like I didn't teach him how to do all these things. He just is like intense. And sometimes I'm like, okay, don't fight. But then I'm like, no, he's a boy, you know, and I can't like expect him to like be fragile with me. So I think that's like my favorite part, because I'm very much a girly girl. And so it's like really taught me to just loosen up a little bit. And that he's gonna get dirty. And it's fine. Yeah. And he does want me to bugs all day and it's fine <laughs> it's just it's really fun um so I'm excited now that there's two of them and that they're the so close in age obviously Ellis can't play right now but I'm excited for you know just watching their little friendship their little brotherhood um that's so sweet And as far as, like, what I'm excited about, I have a friend that we always joke about, like, mother-in-laws because, you know, it's just funny. Like, (laughs) I love my mother-in-law, and it's just funny how there's just, like, little things about, like, families that are so different. And I always joke with my friend, like, if we ever say anything about our in-laws, we're always like, are our boys – she also has two boys. we're like, are our boys' wives going to say this about us one day? (laughs) So I think I'm excited for them to get married and to, like, be a mother-in-law and to just, like, be the best so that the kids, like, always want to come to my house, (laughs) you know?
0: Oh, my gosh. My sister-in-laws and I have talked about this so many times. Like, even – okay, this conversation of – it's, like, kind of a tangent, but, like, sleepovers. Like, I had never really thought, like – Are you going to do sleepovers with your kids? But I feel like there are really important conversations actually happening about sleepovers and like how that's where kids can get exposed to porn or like, God forbid, like abuse or anything like that. And even if it's something like less intense, just like a lot of times unsupervised time on the internet or whatever. And um, so... My sister-in-law was like, yeah, I want to be like the cool house where my son wants to like have his friends over and then I can kind of like supervise what's going on, you know? Right. But I also love how you brought up the mother-in-law thing because I'm a big (laughs) like daydreamer and I feel like I actually get really motivated by the future. Like I think I've said on here before, whether it's people in real life or on the internet or also like I've thought about Marmy from Little Women, I'm like – Yes, God, like make me into this amazing woman when I'm like 40, 50. And I've totally, I'll admit, like thought about like, okay, (laughs) it's Easter in the year 2050 (laughs) and Flora's bringing over her fiance. Like, what does he think of me? You know, like who do I need to be or what do I need to do right now to become this person that I want my future son-in-laws to like
1: think is awesome? you know yeah it's just its actually it's kind of crazy because like I'm saying I'm crazy because I do the same thing (laughs) but I think like okay the problem with like some mother-in-laws is that they just like don't want to let their kids go so I'm always like am I gonna be able to let the boys go like what am I just like loving them like too much am I just like smothering them too much like I need to raise independent boys like obviously they're super dependent on me and that's why I'm crazy because he's three months and I'm like I have to let you go (laughs) but I just like when that point comes I just want to have like enjoyed them so much and raise them up to be so independent that they're just like ready to go and start their family and they don't feel like like we don't have anything left you know like we are just so like confident in our relationship Mm. that they can be free So I mean hopefully I'm a good mother.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what we need to do is like get our kids together. You know, John and I like joke about arranged marriage, but you know, we'll see. We're like what we need to do. Yes. If they like (laughs) Exactly. We just like make friends with like minded families and just spend a lot of time together and see what happens. You know, arranged marriages (laughs) last. Yes, I have so My many thoughts. Might always talk about this. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting stuff. I love that. So, We're so racing. if any of you want to be a part of the um, 2040 arranged marriage pod, let us know. Right. Yep. Send your applications for the voice. Yes. Oh, I'm cringing at myself, but it's nice to know that I'm <laughs> not alone in thinking about these things. Right. Okay. So what does it look like as far as like meeting mom friends now? How long have you been in Charleston at this point?
1: So we got here in October and I, yeah, I was 25 weeks pregnant and we had initially wanted to buy and obviously the market's crazy. So we ended up renting, but it was just like kind of a process of getting settled. And then I was like full into thinking about labor. I ended up having a home birth. So it was like a lot of the preparation and then like all the postpartum things. So I feel like even though we've been here a few months, we only just now started like doing things and leaving the house and like focusing on meeting people.
0: Yeah. But
1: we there's amazing churches here. So we've gone, like we've hopped around a few places and we've met some like really amazing people. Um, everyone is so nice here. I love the South. Mm. I'm never going back north.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting thinking about all the different like cultures that you've mm. experienced marriage and motherhood and just life in like between Jersey and then California and now being in the South. Like, I would imagine those are all so vastly different
1: from each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about, the church community and even like how I met you and how I've met like some other moms on Instagram is that that's like our one commonality, you know, is Jesus. And so it's easy to find other things in common when you have like a starting ground. Yes. So I'm really thankful for that. And like, even through that transition, like I said, I had a lot of virtual friendships, um, like texting and FaceTime and voice memos were like, what got me through with you know, different friends in different states. And so I am really thankful now to be like, in face to face community, especially as you have kids, because you get to see other moms be kids and with kids and you get to think like, oh, this is normal. Because a lot of times like Rudy will have a tantrum. And I'll be like, what am I doing wrong? And then I'll go to a play day and the kid will have the exact same tantrum. And I'm like, okay, good. This is normal. And you know, so it is good for me to be around these other moms in person yeah glad that we're getting to to start having that
0: totally and i forget that ellis is only three months i mean like you are still totally like fresh postpartum you know i don't know why in my mind he's like five more like five six months so that's totally like another factor i imagine but um, yeah, I love what you were saying about like, is this normal? It's just so different. I'm so thankful. I feel like virtual friendships helped me so much too when I like first became a mom. And honestly, like my first probably year, year and a half of like after having Flora in California, in Southern California, things were so shut down for so long as well. <laughs> and also in the same breath, like it is so nice to have playdates and yeah, just be able yeah. to like Have your kids even, like, be around other kids is such a gift. Learning how to share is a whole thing. Um, So I'm just so thrilled that you guys are finally, like, able to experience that um, kind of for the first time in, like, your parenthood journey. Um, Yeah. So I want to hear a bit more. I know we've, like, messaged about this a little bit, but you've kind of shared with me about... I don't know would you call yourself like a minimalist or do you feel like you have learned from minimalism
1: Um I think it's hard to like truly call myself a minimalist and a mom because moms just have a lot of things you know and I think before I was a mom I was like okay yes I'm a minimalist 100% and like in my head, I was like, this is all the toys that the kids are gonna have, and they're just gonna play with these. And, you know, we're not gonna do the Legos and we're not gonna do all the stuff. And then, you know, you have boys, and you're like, okay, we buy Hot Wheels every time we go to Target. And <laughs> it's just like accumulating. But I do think I follow a lot of the minimalist um, guidelines, is that the right word, like lifestyle. Yeah. That's just yeah. something that I tend to lean towards. Um, And again, it just started right when we got married because we were broke. Like Matt was working part-time when we got married. Um, And so we were living in the basement of my mother-in-law's, like one of her um, properties, which was such a blessing. But, you know, it's a small space. And so I wasn't able to like build that like beautiful house that everyone has like right when they're fresh married.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, everyone has. I feel like... Yeah, I would look at, like, Kristen John's love following her to death, and I was like, when we first got married, yeah, where's my giant <laughs> – where's my giant I home that I can bake pretty goods in? <laughs> wow, well, thy kitchen uh, is still the dream. I know, I um, know, and – I don't know. I actually love following along with influencers. I think it's fun. But it's also knowing that that's like not the norm for most people. I think yep. more people than we know are actually living in their parents' house and we have no idea.
1: Let's normalize right. that. Yeah, let's normalize it in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of minimalism started just because like practicality. And it was maybe that was like a time, it was like 2020, maybe I think when I started it and everything was just online. And so you were just constantly getting bombarded with like ads and like, you need this. And like, it was just a lot of consumerism. And I just realized that I did not like that about myself, that I just like was consuming like so much. And I'm very much a shopper. If you're from North Jersey, you know, there's like 10 malls within 20 minutes from you at all times. Wow. Like and all can imagine. So it was like hard for me. Like I definitely like loved being in new outfits every time I went out. And, you know, when I was single, that was great. And then all of a sudden you have to like share income and you have to pay rent. And so, you know, that just had to stop. And um, minimalism just made sense to me. Like I thought that that aligned with um, my faith as well, because I had to be content with what I had and, you know, I had to just be grateful for everything that I had and I couldn't really be attached to like worldly possessions and just like see my worth or my value in like the cute clothes that I had or the nice house. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where it stemmed from. And I really haven't looked back. I got rid of so much in my house Um, and I just realized I actually don't need all this stuff, and in becoming a mom, it just makes sense too, because the moms, you're bombarded with, you need this, you need that, like, look at all these mom influencers and everything that they have, and you kind of, like, don't really trust yourself as a mom, that, like, no, actually, all I need is me, and maybe formula, and maybe diapers, and that's it, you know. Like the babies really don't need that much. Yeah, um, and so that just helped me, like, really embrace like being a mom, and like my kids are gonna be content with like what we have, and we don't need like a new toy every month. Um, even though the Hot Wheels really get us. <laughs>
0: the Hot Wheels, man. Yeah. So like, I love all of this so much, and I think it's so important. Like, I know. My husband is not on social media really at all and he has like put his finger right on the nerve and challenged me so much because I love design and I love fashion and I love like – yeah, whether that's fashion or interiors or even graphic design, all kinds of like pretty things and I think there's nothing wrong with that but when it becomes about like consuming and you need Mm -hmm. these things, it's a slippery slope and so I guess like practically – As a mom, and even just as like a woman who spends time on Instagram, like what does that look like? Do you still follow a lot of brands and influencers that you enjoy, or did you have to like kind of cut that off?
1: So when I decided to like be intentional about pursuing this lifestyle, um, I was like an avid shopper, so I would like always buy things for myself like always online shopping or like going to the malls or going to target and so i um challenged myself to a year of no shopping so i only bought the necessities i like lived in my like the clothes that i had when i decided to do this um which obviously got hard when i was pregnant because your body changes so hard oh, but oh my gosh the year And it like wasn't fun, you know, it's like sucks to go out somewhere with your friends. This is pre-COVID, you know, like when everyone was going out still or like going to church and everyone looks so cute and you're like in the same three dresses that you're rotating in, you know. Um, But I'm like, I'm really proud of myself that I was, you know, able to do that. And the one way I think is I unfollowed so many people. Like I wasn't looking at ads. I unfollowed the brands. I would like report ads, you know, like when they target you, like this Jenny Kane sweater, I would be like, report. (laughs) I don't need you. Yes. Um, And then once I did the year, um, I think I was like an emotional shopper. So if I ever was like feeling sad, I would like retail therapy, you know, I'd go and buy myself something new. And so after that year of like not getting it, um, I'm not that way anymore like I really think I broke that habit um, which again just to, it just aligns with my faith because when I'm sad I actually probably need to go spend time with God instead of going online and like buying something or like you know eating a ton of food or whatever it is um, so that like it just helped me be more aware of my emotions mm. and the reason I was buying things um, and then from there it kind of led me I know you had Maddie on a few weeks ago yeah yeah ability so that you know I was learning more about that too about how you know people just throw clothes away and they don't decompose and so it's like do we really need all this stuff um and so now I, I secondhand shop a lot for myself and for the boys um And we just are content with what we have. And some days it's hard. Like some days I don't like anything in my closet. And it's in those days that I have to really decide like where my value comes from, where my beauty comes from. And, you know, I do, I do shop now. Every once in a while I'll get out and I'll shop. But now I'm like, I'm really not affected by the influencers or the, you know, even if I love something now and I see it, I still will be like, I'm going to wait and see if I still like it next week and then I'll buy it. Um, So I like really don't do sales because I feel like they just pressure you to get something. Um, Unless like I've had my eye on it and it goes on sale, then I'm like, okay, this is worth it. But yeah, that like one year of no purchasing really just set me up. It like created brand new habits in me. Yeah, Um,
0: that is amazing because I'm even thinking like you mentioned that you're, an Enneagram 4 and I don't know if you would feel like this ties in at all I'm a 3 wing 4 and I just feel like a huge part of why I don't know if it's why I love it but a huge part of what's so challenging for me in like clothes and home stuff specifically is I feel like it is an extension of me like how 100%. is this dress me how is this pillowcase me how is this thing like representative of me and actually while I think I don't know that I would say that that's entirely evil or bad but mm-hmm. I do feel like going back to like like digging deeper you know like I am a child of God is that enough? That's something I've been like having to ask myself lately. Like, can I be content as you were saying in a t-shirt that I don't feel cute in that I bought Mm -hmm. four years ago that doesn't feel like it represents who I am at all, but like, am I truly defined by this t-shirt? No, like I am who the Lord says I am. And that is so much harder than like buying something cute when you're having a hard day
1: especially like in becoming a mom, just because it's only been two years. So two years ago was when this started for me. And so I kind of stopped buying. I think I probably only have like a handful of things that I bought since becoming a mom. So I 100% relate to that. Sometimes I just look at Matt and I'm like, I'm a mom now. Like, none of this makes sense in my closet. You know, like none of my dresses are breastfeeding appropriate. And all I do is breastfeed. (laughs) Like all my shirts are way too short for like bending down and like picking up babies all day. (laughs) Yes. So I've slowly been like rebuilding a wardrobe that just makes sense, especially because I do want kids and I know I'll be pregnant for however many more years to come. Like it just makes sense to have clothes that, Makes sense for your Mm -hmm. life Uh, but it's been a slow progression of like building that out but I completely relate to what you're saying it's like I'm a new person every month though (laughs) yes
0: right and that's like the problem for sure yeah like did I like beige gingham a year ago I don't know but I've seen all my friends who have cute beige gingham things and now I'm like this is me you know I feel like that's a whole other topic. But yeah, I think what's cool too and what I've been trying to like rest in because I actually relate a lot to what you're saying about like, yeah, it's holding both of those things, like wearing clothes that genuinely do make sense for your lifestyle. But I think you and I both share in the fact that like, Lord willing, we want more kids. So I'm like, maybe by my fourth, my whole wardrobe will be nursing friendly, but it's going to like take some
1: time to get there. Yeah, and it's a lot of outfit repeating. Yeah, and yeah, and just being okay with like not being the best dressed person in the room at all times, which I think mm. before I like loved being because you're in your game four. You know, you want to be unique. You want like to like have those things draw attention, and so to me, it's like being okay with just being like boring. Wow, <laughs> and like oh, I'm before it's hard but it is like also given me more confidence in myself because you know I have to have confidence in actually me and not just in like my clothes yeah or what I look
0: like. yeah exactly it's like stripping that away and yeah. um that's so hard so like practically um as a mom what does this look like? Are there any items that like you've like most people have that you would say you don't have like in the kitchen or in your motherhood, anything that you guys kind of do without?
1: Um, yeah, I think for like baby stuff, there's a lot that we we don't use. Um so, Like we don't really do swings or like we do have one little chair that um, I'll sometimes set him in, but we don't really have a lot of containers. Like usually they just go on the floor. Um, We never did like a baby monitor or anything. And that partly is because we are in small enough spaces where I can hear him, Um, but like I just really like a clutter-free house. And so if there's ever anything, like whenever I'm cleaning up and I don't have a place for it, I usually will get rid of it. Like everything has to have a place. Wow. Um. So like I'm trying to think of like baby things. I don't know. For a while, I didn't have a diaper bag. I did just get one because I have two now and it just makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. I would just like put everything in one bag and just... Um, even just like their clothes like they pretty much follow my closet too so they rewear a lot of outfits. Um, like we don't really have like fancy clothes we don't really have fancy shoes like everything is what they're actually going to wear what they're actually playing with if there's anything that they don't I just get rid of it So I think like my biggest, tip is to consistently take inventory of your house like i know where everything is i know everything that i have and if something's not being used we just purge it um we like constantly make trips to those like bins like the donation bins because there's always stuff that like we don't need and my husband is the opposite I would say Matt is like a maximalist he has like I'm in the closet right now and this is like all that I own and these two walls are like Matt like he has plus our dresser he has like so much stuff that's so funny (laughs) So like sometimes he'll like just buy random like kitchen stuff like we just got an air fryer and I'm just like do I need it like I can make this a different way um but yeah we just we don't have things that serve the same purpose
0: yeah so that's so good yeah yeah do you feel like that's translated in clothing too like if you had two black shirts would you like only keep one yeah okay
1: like sometimes Matt will get dressed and he'll be like oh I don't really like how this shirt fits so I'm gonna put the other one on and I'm like okay immediately let's get rid of that shirt and he's like no but maybe I'll like it another time and I'm like you won't (laughs) just like get rid of it especially if it's like a
0: fit thing for sure Yeah. yeah yeah that's so good so I think what I'm hearing you saying is like for a mom or even if Um, a woman like isn't a mom, like for someone who is wanting to kind of start this journey of minimizing and simplifying and I guess like taking the gas pedal off of consumerism. Some of the things I heard you say is like you kind of took inventory, not only of like your home and your closet and got rid of things that weren't serving a purpose, but also like your social media too. Yeah, And what was kind of like influencing- you in those ways. That's so good. Do you feel like, I know you said you feel like you're less like of an emotional shopper, but do you feel like it's impacted your relationship with the Lord at all? Like, do you feel like less distracted, I guess?
1: Yeah, I think less distracted, like even obviously with the Lord, like our house um, as part of like my ministry, it's like to a homemaker you know like i always want like when matt gets home for it to be like you know like i'm home like there's peace like this is a refuge and same with the kids like i want the kids to love being home um not because i'm like trying to like keep them forever but just because like that's what a home should be and so we really don't have clutter in the house like i really don't even have that much furniture partly because we're trying to buy a house so we're saving but also because like we just don't need like a ton of things and it gives us like a lot of peace like both my boys as crazy and rambunctious as they are they're very peaceful and they're very laid back hmm. and I do think that's because we keep a minimal like a home we have minimal things for them it's like not a lot of stimulants yeah and so when that comes to God you know, I'm not, first of all, I'm not replacing him like and the comfort that Jesus gives me by going off and shopping or like suppressing whatever emotions I have by like buying something new, which I for sure was doing before. Like when I was single, every time I would go through a breakup, I would like immediately buy something new. Yeah, Which is like, I guess a lot of people do. That. I don't know if that was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think but- you're alone in that. At all. Yeah. and Now I feel like whenever, like I have nothing to turn to, like I have nothing to run through. Like I really have to go to Jesus as my comfort. Um, and hopefully, you know, I don't pass that on or I do pass that on to my kids and not this like consumerism to my kids. And so even now, sometimes if I feel like I'm not being content and I'm not being grateful for what I have, a lot of times it does come down to social media and it does come down to like, me seeing a ton of stuff, so I will like unfollow people or unfollow brands, um, influencers, and just kind of like be grateful again and come back to a place of like stillness and yeah. being okay with what I own and being thankful to Jesus for like our finances and our situation right now. Yeah. So I feel like in that way, it's really shaped my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing that we can do is just be content and be grateful. Um, with everything that God's given us. Yeah.
0: Wow. That is so encouraging to me personally in my heart and where we're at right now. And I feel like that's going to be so encouraging to so many other people who are listening. And I think that's definitely something I would love to talk about more on the podcast Mm -hmm. because when we had our spring retreat, um, me and the girls were kind of talking about this topic actually and how I feel like in the church, like shopping and consumerism is not really examined, especially within like the culture of women. Like I feel like um, rightfully so. I feel like we talk about men having issues with pornography, not that like women can't, but I feel like, I don't know, there are kind of these like things that we talk about at church that are sin issues and like lust and porn and, you know, maybe gossip, but like I don't know. I just haven't really heard many people kind of bring up shopping. I feel like we just kind of like laugh about it more. Again, not that I guess men can't have this challenge too, but we're talking about in the context of women in the church. And so, yeah, I've been like challenged, super challenged to like examine my own life and kind of conversations with friends. And I don't really know where that leads, but I know that like so many women are experiencing this struggle, especially in our time becoming moms, a lot of us, when mm. you've got like amazing brands like Wild Bird who's released their Wild Bird baby with these beautiful <laughs> How many quilts.
1: Slings? I have a lot of slings. Actually. Oh
0: my <laughs> gosh. Just so many, so many things and so many like wonderful small businesses to support. But when right. it becomes out of hand or like I don't know. Have you ever been a part of like Facebook groups for some of these things? Like I'm a part of some, like there's like a Christy Dawn secondhand group Mm -hmm. or like there's like Finn and Vince, like, I don't know, just all of these like brands and these groups and people selling things, which I think is great, but it can just get intense. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I have to remind myself like how much time you know, God will, how much more will he clothe you? Like God provides for the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. And like, it can be a fun expression, but it can, I guess this is partially me like kind of confessing that it's gotten out of hand, you know?
1: Yeah. I do think not everyone has to be a minimalist, you know, like you don't have to get rid of your closet or you don't have to have like blank walls, you know, like you don't have to be a minimalist, but I do think you have to like examine your heart like you're saying like am I being like a materialist or am I like being so consumed with like purchasing things like do I always need to have the newest thing um yeah I think it's just like about examining your heart and like am I actually trusting that God is going to clothe me tomorrow if I don't you know if I'm not like striving or if I'm not like on all these different posts and secondhand stuff which I do think it's helpful but I think sometimes you just have to shut it off yeah and just be okay without it totally and I think also like Matt and I talk about debt a lot because we um are debt free and like it's our goal to be debt free and I know a lot of people don't really love Dave Ramsey because he's just like everything cash, which I don't think that, you know, like build your credit for sure. But uh, like America is in debt and a lot of people are in debt. And so I think that's something that the church doesn't really address either. Like, you know, maybe you don't have to be a minimalist, but hey, if you're in debt, maybe you like don't need a new dress right now, you know, yeah, maybe that we can take care of. So um, for us, like getting married, that is something we talk about a lot and like how we want to set our kids up for the future. And we don't want to be in debt and we want to be able to be generous to people and have people come over like that family and hungry and pay for people's stuff. But we can't do that if we have debt. Yeah. You know? Cause we're all going to be thinking about like how we can be spending that money instead. So yeah, I think that has like really blessed us too hmm. with just like wise with our spending. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's like a hard thing to face. I feel like I'm kind of just in the beginning of this journey with us talking about debt. And um, yeah, materialism is a great word and consumerism and all these things. But I'm glad to know that I'm not alone in like navigating all of this. And I think the more we talk about it, the less easy it is to romanticize like That other people have all of these things and even if they do, like maybe that's not the journey the Lord has for me and that's fine that they have those things. But being content, I just love that that was such a theme in what you're saying. So we are going to wrap up with the same rapid fire questions that I like to ask every guest on the show. So what are three things that you have been loving lately?
1: Okay. Um... Uh, My first thing I was thinking about it earlier today is Celsius energy drink. Have you had one? No, no. I have never been an energy drink person. I don't think I've ever had a monster. I've maybe had like one sip of a Red Bull once, but um, recently my friend introduced me to Celsius and... It's honestly changed my mothering.
0: Is it going to, like, give you a heart attack? I feel like that was kind of the thing
1: that people were like, don't drink
0: monsters or something tragic yeah, I don't
1: know. I think it's, like, marketed – it's, like, hard to know because I feel like it's marketed to be healthy because it's, like, zero sugars and, like – I mean, if it is, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can, like – the edits be like do not (laughs) just not endorsing no 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 this is good (laughs) but um yeah like some days i'll be like i really can't do two boys today and then i'll just have a celsius and it's like a different world (laughs) yes i have like do you drink coffee too um sometimes um I feel like coffee doesn't really hype me up okay. as much as the Celsius. So if I'm like gonna be going all day, I'll drink Celsius, and I can't even tell you it's amazing. I think it's meant to be like a pre-workout. Oh, okay. I don't. I mean, the kids are at workout. Yeah, yeah. So that's my number one. In Celsius.
0: I'm so intrigued. And
1: then my number two, on like the other spectrum, is the Melissa Wood Health. oh i don't know Um, who she is yeah she's like a fitness influencer i guess but she like does pilates classes that you can take um online and it's not that expensive a month i think it's like ten dollars and she like has um like plans like beginning intermediate or like advanced and she like posts a video every day and they're probably like 20 minutes or less of just, like, these Pilates moves, and at first, you're kind of, like, 20 minutes, like, what is that doing for me, but I am always sore the next day, they're so good, and I feel like it's really helped me with, like, my postpartum journey, and, like, getting back to feeling good, because they're not high-intensity workouts, yeah, um, and I can just do them at home when the kids are napping, or sometimes, like, Rudy would do it with me, and just, like, climb me the whole time, but um, they're, like, 15 minutes and it just makes me feel so good yeah about like myself and gives me good energy and so that's my number two and then my number three I think is the Harry Styles album
0: okay I have never been a Harry Styles fan I'm not like anti-Harry but I don't know I've heard bits and pieces of it what's your favorite song
1: um the sushi restaurant is that music for a sushi restaurant I think just listen to it after yeah. this. You'll be really.
0: That's mm-hmm. a cute name. I like that. Yeah,
1: It's a cute song.
0: I love that. That is so fun. And how can we as a community be praying for you?
1: Yeah. So um, our, we have a house in Jersey that we're selling. It closes next week. And then we are going to be like officially house hunting here in Charleston. So if you guys can just be praying for us that – We get really like the perfect home in the perfect neighborhood for very cheap.
0: Yes. (laughs) Hey, I love that. I feel like God uses and loves our specific prayers. He sees our hearts in that. We will definitely be praying for you guys and just that whole process. I'm so glad that your house is finally selling. That feels so good. And where can people find you and connect?
1: I am just on Instagram. I am just a normal gal. <laughs> <laughs> um uh what is my Instagram name? It is Amanda Demello underscore Amazing. I'm private, but I'll accept you.
0: <laughs> I just wanna thank you again for sharing everything that you did. I feel like this is going to resonate with so many women. Um whether that's about motherhood or like what we we're talking about at the end, about like consumerism and materialism stuff, all of that, I feel like it's just gonna bless so many people. So thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me, Paige.
1: I love this little podcast community.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I'm so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. So the first way is to share the show with a friend. This is actually how most people find our show, and I am so thankful every time you do this. You can text them a link, or you can also share the show on your social media. This ultimately helps the algorithm get our show to more like-minded women who can find our community. And I also just love reading through your comments. They mean so much to me and are so encouraging and finally you can actually donate to the show by venmoing PageGuidel or sending via paypal to hello at i'm currently working on getting a website up and running so this is more official but it does cost time and resources and energy to create the show and even just five dollars helps so much with all of the monthly fees and time Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so thankful for you and we will see you next week for another episode.